So Neil Hoskin, you're on the spot on Squash World. Uh, we've been looking at what you, you've been doing and achieving in Cambridgeshire. Fire away, you've got 20 seconds. Tell us everything about yourself. Okay, so um, yeah, we're club consisting of now, we've got five courts, uh, just got a glass back, just about to be finished. Uh, got the money for that through COVID, um, variety of different methods, which we'll probably talk about later. Uh, got about 170 members, probably the same as everybody been um, smashed by the uh, the COVID restriction. So we're looking to uh, to get back on track uh, and move onwards when this is all over. Hopefully not too long now. Okay, um, I'm not aware of England. We just started coaching juniors again in Switzerland today. What's what's the situation in England? Well, unless anything's come out today, I think we're still waiting for guidance i know that some of the uh, elite ranked players are able to play uh, and luckily we've just got our club signed off so if anybody is uh, of that standard and they've got all the correct uh, documents emails etc then we're happy to let them play uh, under whatever guise they can at our club anyway right okay so coming back to your fifth court you had four courts if i'm right you're chairman for about two years how did you raise the funds for a squash court and how much, if you don't mind, how much did it cost? Okay, so what happened in about 1990, um, up to 1995, we had a, a fifth court back in the day and it, it was before my time at the club. So um, wasn't either utilised very well or was just not quite suitable. So 1995, uh, climbing wall came along, uh, people built that use that space for that uh, and then there was a lease that kept getting extended anyway the time came uh, December last year that the lease came up and it wasn't being renewed so took it upon uh, ourselves to get all that that's been taken there's been a bit of planning and a bit of to and fro in for the last couple of years um, yeah so through Covid we managed to raise about £38,000 through a variety of different uh, different methods so we're just about on target for a little bit short here and there but uh, I always say that right so that's a that's a fantastic effort so and uh, so it can be done it can be done for funding did you get any um government aid or is it just entirely from what you did to raise money yeah well there's a there's a we got um sponsorship from uh Torian a local company that uh, that do air conditioning. They gave us quite a um, a nice package of uh, the, the the heat in the main heating that's yet to be put in. We're just waiting for that to arrive. So not only having uh, COVID, we've also had the Brexit um, issues as well. So just waiting for those uh, air conditioning heater combined units to be put in. So that saved us quite a few thousand for a sponsorship deal for for, for those people. Um, we did. Uh, one of the members did a raffle, sorted out a raffle that raised two grand, that paid for the seating to be all revamped. Um, got ten thousand pounds from um, the CAMS SRA helped us get some money together. Uh, another person who doesn't want to be named, uh, but but will be in the, <laughs> on a plaque <laughs> in the future. Uh, he gave us some money as well, so um, we had to raise five grand from the members, and we got given five grand by. Um, by somebody and then we got another five grand 
uh, if the club gave five grand, so we, we got 20,000 fairly easy. Um, right. And then we just sold upfront membership and court fees. So we got guaranteed buy-in from uh, about 15 members. Probably could have had more, but we needed to, we don't want to be taking all the money from the future. So all yeah. we did, we sort of, instead of saving money afterwards, we did a three-year deal. So you got three years membership, uh, £100 worth of court fees, which will be credited as and when we get round to playing again. Uh, and then a plaque on the seating area. and Or you could just have a plaque as well, which was 75 quid, get gift aid on that, that paid for the plaques. So combination of different things, other, other sponsorships that are still ongoing and just just getting the money together really. And to be fair, I think everybody wants to be part of a, a success story. And I think people were doubtful that one, the court would even ever materialise and two, where we were going to get the money from. So when I took over in 2018, I thought that there was some money sort of stockpiled or saved and then when they said mm, actually we've got no money for a conversion it was slightly interesting but never mind we're there just about <laughs> so you've got some financial sense there so it, like it's no point in selling three years membership and not having money in one year's time so someone someone's advising you on the accountant side of it obviously or are you accountant no no to be fair um i've been pushing things um there's a group of people and uh, there are some credits to be given uh, on the committee there's ken walthew who does the accounting um andy ruff who's been helping there's um there's a multitude of people J jeff fillmore who's been helping with all the membership taylor has set up the go uh, the um gofundme page which that raised a chunk of money um so i think you just need somebody to grab hold of something and then other people are happy to sort of help along. Um, so it's been a, it's been it's been interesting, and lots of people, the members, of course, the management of the whole club, with us being a multi sports club, have supported. Um, everybody's been pulling in the right direction, so it's not just down to one person. But I think you just need somebody to to get a you know to grab it and then say we can do this and just get on with it. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it can be done. Like we said before, it can be done. It has been done. It is being done at the moment. So let, let us talk about something very interesting. Um, so you've actually got three female coaches. That must be pretty amazing. Is that just happened by chance or how come you got three, three women coaches? Well, um, again, there was, a, there was a, an exclusive um, one person uh, just before I uh, took over and he sort of, uh, moved on really but he was the only coach there and um, I won't go too much into all of that but that that sort of all changed around and we had a different direction uh, Taylor joined us Taylor Mounter really really quite um, wants to push and really get things moving um, and her sister helps her so Darcy so they're both they both do stuff and clearly for the last year or well nearly a year to the day sort of thing we've been having a few problems with all of uh, getting things moving as the way that we would like. And Tanya Bailey, who lives about, I don't know, 10 miles away from the club, right. you know, very well respected um, national uh, England squash coach. So she does bits and bobs, helps out um, and just does things. So so it, they're not all at the club, you know, all the time, but they are there. And with a 99% membership base of men, uh, I thought it was quite unusual and quite happy that uh, that we've got that. It just makes a difference, really. And uh, yeah, just we've got we've got things planned as soon as we can. 
we're uh, wanting to push and just try and get more. You know, if we had three men men coaches as well, it wouldn't matter at all. But it's no, just, no, it no, is unusual. Not. Yeah, no, if it is unusual, yeah, of course. But, uh, I think it adds something. I mean, there aren't enough female coaches. Uh, to be honest, I think it definitely adds a, an option. Some people prefer a woman coach, some people prefer a man, whatever they want. But uh, it is unusual, as, you, as, as we say, but it's nice. It's nice. So Taylor, uh, she contacted me once. She was going to play a PSA event in, in Geneva. She's, she's still professional or professional player? Yeah, she's a, she, yeah, she's um, probably um, just in the top 150 for ladies. Um, right. So she's allowed to still play um, in lockdown, do a little li little bit under certain conditions. Um, and Tanya Bailey can do a little bit of coaching, again, with strict conditions and all the risk assessments that have been done. Taylor's got all that sorted, so that's quite good. Um, and again, if there's any PSA people that are able or, or want to play, um, and we, we just we can get the club opened and try and accommodate people, not interested in money for that, if it helps people, uh, if their club's been you know it's not quite open for when they want or what we're just quite happy to try and accommodate it'll all everything always comes back round. yeah of course very generous very generous of you so once again having three female coaches has that had a effect on the membership you said 90 percent men has that changed since since they've been there more women started playing well <laughs> There was, there was groups going again. I, I can't blame COVID for everything, but it has had a massive effect on the plans that were in place. Um, Tanya Bailey had already organised uh, back in February of last year. We were all ready to do a um, the girls can. There was all that going on at the same time. We've got a level, level one, uh, all-female coaches to be run. And that ended up being, I think that was run either somewhere else or online. There was some issues with all of that obviously couldn't do it so we're, we're looking to try and support and promote ladies because it must be daunting I mean if I went to a, a gym that was even all men and you know I, I just wanted to start lifting or doing anything it's always a bit daunting never mind coming into totally opposite um an opposite sex with with uh, you know all the strengths there and you're just starting out it wants to be a comfortable enjoyable experience so uh, yeah we're looking to try and push just push more ladies coming in, uh, men as well, but you know, at least they can, men are just easier to just, you know, they can come to club nights, the ladies, we can just do whatever we can to accommodate. So there was, um, there was some lady, there was some sessions all planned. And as soon as we can, we'll get them back uh, running again. Right. And in, in your club, do you have uh, internal leagues? Yeah, we've got about 14 uh, squash leagues of about five players. Right. And, um, Racquetball, squash 57 is, is very popular and we've got about probably seven seven leagues of that. And um, yeah, controversially or not, if it wasn't for racquetball, our club would be in a very, very uh, different position to what we're in now. So uh, we're, we're quite pleased to have people playing, uh, using the courts and playing whatever makes them happy. Yeah. Now, racquetball, uh, as, as a coach myself, racquetball, I, I use it with my, my juniors. It's excellent. And for players coming back from injury or older players who can't play squash as they used to, it's a very good sport. So we don't see it here in Switzerland. Um, but the Squash 57, I, I don't like the name, but they've done a good job in the UK, as have England Squash for promoting uh, equality. So it's good to see, although they get trashed sometimes. 
but uh, they have done a good job. So tell us about juniors. How are you doing for juniors? Yeah. Um, or before COVID? We, we were having Saturday morning sessions. Uh, Taylor was running that, um, trying to get the adults, because clearly they bring the juniors, um, getting them on another call. We'll be able to do that a little bit better as soon as we're allowed to. Uh, having that extra call, we think it's going to be an enjoyable experience for everybody here. For, for us, I mean, most people have got glass backs and all the rest of it, but for us in Peterborough, we've, you know, we've been missing that for 25 years and uh, yeah, being heavily involved in that, I can't wait to, uh, to get that back. So I think that the, the kids that, that do play would, you know, probably have a, a different experience on, on there. We've been donated a, a GoPro as well that we're going to try and get positioned in a, in a decent, uh, in a decent place. So again, the junior program, again, I don't know what it's like. I'm sure it's the same, um, in the different parts of the country we're struggling with um with money really and how do we get the people uh how do we get them in so we're happy to give courts and you know just we just need a program really that we can work to um so we are struggling i think i think it's the same all over but again happy to to learn from other other clubs and how it's being run everywhere else yeah it's uh it is challenging. I, I, I tend to go towards multi-sport to get juniors in because there's so much choice and they don't, squash is in a closed space in a, in a building. You know, tennis is outdoors, football is outdoors, many sports are outdoors and they're visible. So by using, I, I do archery with kids on the squash court. So they recognize that area as being fun. Whereas if you take an, an average kid and you show them a squash court, you've never seen it before. It's not, how do you say, it's not exactly sexy, is it? Let's face it. It's not exciting. Uh, much more interesting is a tennis court or a football pitch or a swimming pool. So I think you'll find that if you, if you find money to buy multi-sport equipment and they get skills from a younger age, they'll appreciate the squash more. And the squash 57, of course, is a, is a very good tool for that. But um, yeah, it's a problem uh, because they've got so much choice. And with modern technology, the attention span is not maybe the same as it used to be. So bright colored, I have bright colored balls and bright colored rackets and, and things for the little ones. But we, we'll talk about this another time, but about setting up for uh, Yugi in uh, York has set up a mini squash program. So I'll put you in touch with him. He's very, very good for that. So the whole idea is that we're all, all open to ideas from, from different people. So, and he's in your, your part of the world in Switzerland. It's not the same, it's not the same story. It's not the same kids. It's not the same backgrounds. It's, it's totally different. So. But they all like colors and sweets <laughs> and their telephones. So, but, um, so what, what is the next step? You're going to have your fifth court. We're going to come back from COVID. What's your target for members? Do you have a target? Okay, so, yeah, well, certainly get to 200 by the end of summer. It's all dependent on what, whether it's April the 12th or May the 17th, whatever the key date is for, uh, for squash and whether the classes as a, last time it was, gyms and leisure centres were sort of banded together. Now they seem to be doing a slight separation. So not exactly sure how that's going to play out. Um, so if it's April the 12th with restrictions or whether it's this. So as soon as that all comes out, uh, we're having a meeting anyway in a, in a week or two just to see, uh, well, hopefully the um, 
advice has been given by England Squash based on uh, their chats with the government and that government department that does all the, uh, the sorting out of what we're allowed to do. Um, so I'm already planning with the local press and um, England Squash as well to do a little bit of a write up on the fifth court because in, in the times of courts being um, <laughs> taken away from um, money making type things because they can make more money being a gym type area or whatever than, than you know getting five or six pounds for 40 minutes for two people or whatever the, the money uh, doesn't always stack up for the bigger uh, <laughs> for the bigger people that want to make more money uh, for us it's not about that so yeah we want to try and get some uh, national sorry local uh, coverage uh, the members hopefully will be going crazy to get back on court so I think whether we have 200 members playing once a month or we have 50 members playing five times a week, you know, I suppose it's about court usage as well. It's not just about membership, but yeah. clearly we want more members. Um, you know, we're trying to get the leagues going back again. It, it's all depends. I mean, the, the, we've had a massive support from the membership. So no doubt the same in every other club where people have still been paying uh, their monthly direct debit that's like for the membership. So we can either do it in a one-off or 12 monthly payments, whatever spread over. Yeah. Uh, most people have been carrying on that. Uh, and then in return for that, we're going to give them court credits back. Yeah. So they're not chucking their money away. They know that. So that just we, that gave us an idea of who was going to stay and who was going to go. And the three-year thing that we did, of course, people are going to be hopefully unlikely to leave. Um, so we'll see. So, yeah, well, there's a lot to – I want to say a lot to do. I think it's all going to be uh, – after <laughs> – when we can get back playing again and the fifth court's all sorted and the, the other four courts have all been done up as well with nice colours and different. So we've gone away from the traditional red. We've got a red, blue, green and purple court, right. um, as in the lines, not the colour of the court. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, just trying to something different. And I don't want to be the same, uh, to be fair, just quite happy to take to. But also to acknowledge if you're getting it a bit wrong that you might have to just, uh, you know, I think people were, con were not always convinced at the beginning. Oh, no, there's a lot of change, but. I don't think change is always bad. No. Well, if you're if you're getting all these uh, success stories, then change change is necessary sometimes. How much is your how much is your membership? Okay, so it's 120 pounds for the year. Yeah. Um, so clearly, 10 pounds a month. That's most people seem to be doing that. It's quite cheap, really. I think. And then a court, uh, 40 minutes split between two people or four. Well, however, however it's played out, it's a fiver. So it's not particularly. I don't think it's expensive, um, but you know, as we sort of mentioned earlier, that uh, the costings are uh, interesting. But uh, I think a fiver for for forty minutes between two of you is not well. It's actually forty five now. We're going to be changing it slightly, trying to give something back. So, yeah, we might lose a, a court per night, but somebody will just book up an earlier court, so we won't technically lose anything. Just give a give something back to the members. I think keep them. They've supported, and without the members, it's uh, <laughs> it's more difficult. I never thought we'd have a fifth court and then not be allowed to play on it. I thought it would be we'd never we'd struggle to get it back, not get one, and then think uh, now what do we do? So it's, it's been an interesting one. Yeah, actually, I, I think the monthly membership with the court fees is quite a good a good balance. A good balance. Do you have special deals for people who are playing very very regularly? No, that this is something that's difficult because we did have a problem with um, I get I, I get all the all inclusive I get all the different models that there are, but when people inherit that 
is far easier. With all the changes that have already happened over the last two years, probably two and a bit now, actually about two, two, and two years and four months, to then try and change something like that is, is, a, big, is a big ask. I say, if I inherited it, then you can sort of modify and change. But, um, but yeah, so the people that play a lot, it can affect them more so by having to pay £2.50 per player. Yeah. Um, but what was happening before, well, certainly what happens at other clubs, people leave the lights on, people book all the premium courts and don't turn up. So it's an interesting balance that, uh, that I, you know, I've looked around at other clubs and some seem to work. And I don't think any, um, any system is faultless. Um, and, and again, if we only have t- to get the £120 and, you know, if you only play a couple of times a week, you can soon get an all-inclusive for about 300 quid and you, you don't have to pay twice a week and you'd be sort of well in, but it's just trying to get that sold to people. At least you'd know your money every, you know, you'd know how much money you're going to get in, but the people that only play once or even once a week or once a month, they won't like it. And then we've got to, it's just, yeah, there's it's a balance to be had. Well, I, I think that system is quite fair because it's not very expensive for a court. So it's £2.50 is nothing. So I don't know how much I don't know how much a pint is in England these days. About four pounds fifty. I don't <laughs> so, even it's a, so it's a quarter of a pint for a game of squash. So I think I don't think oh, it's, 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 I, I think as as people have got used to. I mean, we haven't had a price increase for for years, and it's just. I mean, my view is I'd rather get more pay, uh, more people playing than um, than less people paying more to cover the the money that we need to raise so i think it, yeah it's our court usage has has gone right up but again daytime usage is, as probably everybody has trouble with but now with more people working from home if that carries on or whatever i don't know whether we're, we're just gonna have to see how it plays out because our court usage in the daytime was about eight uh, percent the peak courts were between five and nine p.m and they were rammed all the time so um, do you have lunchtime yeah, usage not a little bit, maybe, uh, probably. It's like I say about eight percent, if that, over right. the over the usage of yeah. So, is is your club uh, well known in the area? Is it starting to get known more and more? Well, yeah. The 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 sort of problem we had was around us back in the day. There was probably another four or five clubs, but they've been munched up by housing developments or modifications or storage or whatever people have used and sort of bin them. So that means that the people naturally migrated over to us. So it wasn't necessarily that um, we were a better club than the other clubs. It's just that we were perhaps the only club. Uh, so I wanted people to join our club because it was the place that they wanted to be, not just because it was the only place to play at. So um, yeah. it, it, it was strong it, when I played at an, um, <laughs> the enemy as such or the rivals it, it, again back in the 90s you know the, the the club that i'm at now was always sent to be the, the strongest uh, the strongest one right. so you know as i got a bit better then i'm still rubbish now but at that point i was you know you, you always think you're <laughs> going to be world champion and you never you never <laughs> are but uh, so that moved across and, and the leagues were stronger and but now there's not the nearest club is probably 10 probably 10 miles away so if you draw a circle round of, of you know ten miles sort of um, around us, there's probably five clubs, you know, ten miles from each other, but ten miles around away from us as well. So, 
Right. Um, and to be fair, there's no, we get on really well. We've got um, a chairperson's uh, WhatsApp group that I set up a couple of years ago. Right. And we're all on there. There's about, in fact, Grantham and people just over the border in different counties are on it. So we swap ideas. Yeah. Um, anybody's got something rather than trying to reinvent the wheel. And to be fair, there's there's no real, there's no hostility. It's it's most people, well, everybody on there, they're all, or they wouldn't be on there. They're quite good to swap ideas and, yeah. you know, does anybody know this and do that? And so it, it works really well. And WhatsApp's pretty good. Yeah. A modern technology and WhatsApp is... This is a fabulous tool. So it's once again keep hammering this. Is that uh, it, you're going to get there with community-based club? Unless you're a, a mega gym, you, you're going to get there through the community involving them, which is uh, exactly what you've done and other other people I've interviewed here. So hats off to you. And. Um, but you said you were like 12 on the committee. So, and that they're very supportive and everyone's chipping in and, uh, and working away, which is, uh, which is important, which is important. Yeah, we, the reason I wanted a bigger committee in a way was because there was some possibly controversial changes, shall we say, at the beginning. Yeah. And unless people knew all the facts, which only somebody on a committee would know probably, when it was all voted through, so we had, if, if there were ideas, um, <laughs> some were interesting, um, then it was put to a discussion. And, and unless we had, it wasn't like a politician type thing where, oh, you just got the, the it was pretty much unanimous on every decision that, that's ever been done and all documented. And then as those people, so we've got the team captains on, then, you know, the coaches on there and, and, and there's people from every part of the, uh, from our club in there. If anybody was moaning or saying, oh, what about, then people were always in the right place to actually tell the whole truth and the story rather than speculation and what's this and what's that. And, and we always invite, if, if when we do our Zoom, well, what's before Zoom, sorry, when we're doing our face-to-face -face type uh, committee meetings, we always invited anybody to come along. So it was open, really, that we were happy to be challenged. Questions could be asked. It, we didn't care. didn't matter because everything was all yeah. as transparent as we could as, as we thought we were being really so there's no no secrets really uh, i think the only secret i've got is from my wife i think oh no 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 but anyway no there's no secrets <laughs> so, but uh no it's, it's, she'll, it's she'll, she'll be listening to this be careful. be careful no no she's yeah she's she's somewhere else i don't know <laughs> the missus as they say so when is the oh. when is the fifth court open well it should be finished this Wednesday, as in two days' time. And Melia have done a great job. So Nick Thompson and the and the group have done a, gr a great job on that. So, um, so it should be finished Wednesday. So uh, I've got to get it roped off and taped off because, as tempting as it is, uh, nobody's going on. Because if we see black marks everywhere, we'll know that somebody's been on there. Um, <laughs> so, um, and then when the heaters go in, because in, in the old days, back in the sort of pre ninety five, it, it was always known um as really cold and not very good and all that so um but in, in answer to your question um either as soon after april the 12th as we can or may the 17th or as soon after so right. um great well I, I hope i expect a picture of it up on squash world i'll put it on the as the profile picture another success story so i think you're Hang on, I've got a message here from your wife. 
Neil, you haven't done the dishes. Okay. You have to... They're all stacking for me. <laughs> so you have to go. So it's been an absolute pleasure uh, having a conversation with you. And I wish you the best of luck. And we'll stay in touch. You'll be back on Zoom tomorrow for a meeting with range with uh, three other people. So we'll talk about that later. So thank you very much and go and do your dishes. Thank you.